Hi, and welcome to the Power Source Podcast, a place where I talk about old school games from a new school perspective. I'm your host, Max, and today I have a special guest with me that long awaited, I've been waiting for him to join me for a long time, my little brother, Kadir. Hi. How are you, Kadir? Good. You're good. We're going to talk about one of his favorite games that I introduced him to because I was the one who got him into PC gaming, um, called Portal, the Portal series. We're talking about um, kind of everything that encompasses the Portal series. The uh, Portal games, they come from a company called Valve, which makes one of my favorite games, Half-Life, and the Valve company has affected our video gaming lives a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go a little bit into what Portal's about, what makes it so special, and the general pop culture effects it's had, since it has had quite a lot, and especially considering that I knew a lot about Portal uh, for long years before I even played it. So, what is Portal about? I'll go into it, and then we can discuss. So, uh, story-wise, in the first game, I'll, I'm not going to go too far into detail because I also don't remember and have, have not finished both games, but I've played a little bit of them. But story-wise, you wake up one day in a facility and you are set to test this machine, this handheld machine called the portal gun that allows you to place one blue and one orange portal. And using those portals, um, you can go, uh, they're essentially just like a doorway on a, from a flat surface. So if you place a blue portal on a door, like on, on a wall to your left, and then a orange portal on the wall to your right, and you walk into the wall to your right, you will come out of the left wall. It's pretty good. It's pretty interesting. And for the time, what, 2007 it came out? Yeah, 2007. Yeah, I'm saying I'm asking you for this, right? So yeah. 2007 came out. That was pretty interesting. People hadn't seen something like that before. Um, and so you play as a character named Chell. Um, and I don't know, do they talk about that in the first game at all? Or is that like, when, when did the people find it? I never understood how people knew her name was Chell. Um... I think it might be mentioned in the second game, or like like in the comics. I think I think it's mentioned in the comics. Oh, what's the comic called? Is it called Stay Labyrinth. Alive? No, Lab. It's Labyrinth. Stay Alive is a song. Labyrinth is the the comic, which I did read and I liked it. Um, we'll talk about it in a bit. Um, so yeah, you play as Chell and she's a test subject, and you have to go through these like uh, testing chambers and solve puzzles with the portals, which is that is the main aspect of the game. Is that's the gameplay? Is you use this. In very quite interesting game mechanic and a couple other things like uh, like jump pads and in the second game there's like gel uh, what other else like uh, there's there's those like cubes that have like the magnifying glass inside them that can change lasers um, there's the extrusion tunnels wow what are, those are like oh those are like those like beams of light that yeah. move you right so like these these kind of beams of energy that you can sit on and they and they and they move you in one direction and there's just like the light bridges there's light bridges yeah which are kind of exactly what you think they are, bridges of light. Um, I'm tr- I'm trying to balance the audio as we do this, so sorry about that. Um, and it has a, and it, the the portals combined with it's a lot of one take. Yeah, we're not gonna record this twice. I also don't cut anything out. It's part of the aesthetic. Um, so the portals combined with a lot of kind of typically video game uh, aspects and also some quite like new mechanics really made for some truly unique gameplay, and we'll we'll go into that in a bit. Um, but the aesthetic for it, which I think is uh, something I find really interesting, is this whole really like in the first game, it's a very clean clinical setting, like almost like a hospital, like it's all white and clean. Yeah. Um, but then as you go, it gets kind of more deteriorated. And it starts falling apart. 
you start realizing that things aren't exactly the way they're supposed to be until you realize things are not exactly at all as you thought they were. And then in Portal 2, it is all uh, torn down, kind of destroyed. Plants are growing. It's been a long time, and things have changed. And and uh, I really like that. Um, what do you think about all this, Kader? Um Well, in Portal 1, like, the, the test chambers, they all... They all like they all look the same like throughout the whole game, mm-hmm. and um, what was the other point you mentioned? Uh, well, I, about the story and the gameplay is what I was talking about. about yeah. How, um, about how it starts falling apart, and I also the yeah, story is like, interesting. Like the falling apart was more like with Glados herself, mm-hmm. like with the voice lines. Or oh, she starts just like just like glitching out near the near like the, like the fifteenth chamber, I think. But do you also remember in one of the chambers, she talks about like the water in the chamber and she's like, don't touch the water. It's, it's going to kill you or like it's really bad. Or, yeah, that's chamber like, eight. Yeah. So it's like that's not supposed to be there. And it's in like in the like when the facility was still fine, that chest chamber might have had just normal water or no water at all. But that like kind of chemical water, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like that sludge that gets you, that kills you is kind of a side effect of the events of the story. I think they just like always had it there because I, I remember seeing that they that it was kind of supposed to be like like a hey, like kind of like not explicitly stating it, but kind of letting the player know like something's not exactly correct here. So something like kind of like a nod. Um I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Okay, well let's move on to something else I want to talk about. This was the intro, right? So what makes portal so special let me i'll go through each point and then from there we'll talk because there are a couple of few points um this is kind of the the smallest one is i really liked that they had a silent female protagonist because hashtag feminism right we didn't talk about gameplay we did talk about i talked about the portals and all the portal mechanics we're gonna go more into that here see don't worry don't worry all right i got i got my plan listen (laughs) you gotta get on the podcaster groove it's just because like you know, I have good points to make. Dude, look at the point. The next point we're going to talk about is unique portal mechanics. Okay, don't good. Even, don't even worry. Don't even worry. Right. Anyway, so the silent female protagonist. I thought that was really interesting. I really liked that Chell... Um, well, that... I feel like a lot of the time in video games, and this can be a problem sometimes, that when you make a character a female, it's either kind of like, look, I'm a girl. Look, at, look at, I'm so tough. And I, you know... I'm, you know, I'm not a st- like a girly girl or whatever. Like but then breaking gender norms. Yeah, but it's like, like Chell broke gender norms in a way I really loved because I feel like sometimes in video games it's either hypersexualizing the girls or like the woman protagonist. Yeah. Where it's like you know, think of Lara Croft if you've ever played Tomb Raider or seen anything about Tomb Raider. She, or like she is very sexualized. Yeah. Everything about her is kind of made to appeal to like the typically male gaze. You know. Yeah. And Chell isn't. I feel like in the. I like the way she looks in the first game because her hair is all like crazy looking and her eyes are like wide and she looks kind of crazy and I and she's always kind of had those kind of wide freaky eyes and she is she is pretty yeah. but like nothing about Chell kind of says you are a girl you are like anything else you are everybody treats you as a girl like nothing about when you play Chell makes you feel like that and I yeah. thought that was so great. Because it really, it breaks gender norms in video games. Because it's not just like, oh, strong girl doesn't need help. It's just a person. Just treating her as a person. I thought that was, which is also important as for a silent protagonist. Is that anybody is supposed to play that game and feel like they are they are the player. Like they are in, in the story. Which is excellent. And so, um, any... 
well no yeah no like i i agree with you that's like it's it's really cool to see how they um what's it called like how they you know made us like an yeah. interesting protagonist yeah. who never said anything yeah the silent protagonists in games are cool yeah well okay next point don't touch this it's gonna make noise on the microphone <laughs> um unique portal mechanics oh yes okay so look i even have a point here and point in the third point i have speed running because i was like i gotta talk to specifically with you but unique portal mechanics for the time it was a fairly new thing wasn't it yeah like i feel like the technology to make it was there but the idea was completely new and in video games people hadn't really seen an action puzzle game the way that that existed and the the I remember, so the way it was developed, there was a big focus on level design first and then on story and aesthetics. So they had a lot and a lot, a lot of thought going into the way levels were designed, the way the mechanics would work, the way the enemies worked, everything. So it would work harmoniously and accurately. And it made for some very interesting and unique gameplay. Yeah, like um, you were able to like quickly hop out of one portal, place a portal somewhere else, and then go back through that portal tent of somewhere else, like, very quickly. And, um, like, the fact that you're able to, like, jump, like, very far and very high made for some, like, interesting puzzle-solving um, mechanics. Yeah, you also, I forgot to mention this, as Chell, have something, what do they call the Aperture Science Long Fall Boots. Yeah, so and that you don't take, like, fall damage. Yeah, so when you hit the ground, it doesn't matter from what height, you'll never get hurt. Or do you never get hurt or you just not get hurt as much as you would normally No, you just don't get hurt at all. Yeah, so you would never get hurt. And then uh, it's excellent because that means that that can, that allows for a lot of like cool stunts. And like there there are points I've seen where you kind of hit what these like jump pads and it'll send you flying. And during that you have to place a portal. Yeah, you have to place a portal, land in it, and then have that like, and then you keep your momentum. I thought that was always interesting is that things kept their momentum. And so a lot of it was timing and being precise. And it felt like all of these unique elements came together for a lot of harmonious movement. And, oh, it's truly a piece of work of art. I think out of all the Valve games, Portal is genuinely a work of art. Yeah. In that regard. Also, the way it looks is really pretty. Um, but yeah. I... Th- yeah. Do you have any points? Um, like like the physics, because um, they use uh, the Half-Life 2 engine. The Source engine. Somewhere. Well, no, like specifically, it was like a mod of Half-Life 2. Well, yes. I, well, okay. It wasn't the mod of Half-Life Yes, 2. it literally was. No, listen, I looked into this. I looked into this. Let me tell you. It wasn't actually a mod of Half-Life 2. So it was based off of like a different game that I don't remember the name of. That Why was does just... it have Half-Life 2's weapons then? Listen to me. <laughs> listen, okay. So it was based off of a different game that had to use portals. And they're like, we like this concept. So they hired a team. And the team started working with the Source Engine. But at the time, the Source Engine was literally only Half-Life 2. No other Source games had been developed at that point. It was it was a mod of Half Life Two though, but it wasn't a modification. They just used a lot of assets from it. It wasn't like if you had the files for that that you could run it in Half Life Two. No, because it used a lot of technology that Half Life Two did not have, and so that's the thing is with each each uh, Valve game, each Source game, they kind of it, each is kind of like its own branch of the Source engine, 
And so the, the physics in Portal 2 are different from the physics in Half-Life 2, but they have, both have the same root in the end. But it isn't, because implying it's a mod means that it has these files that you could load into Half-Life 2 and play, but you can't do that. It is just kind of, they, they took all the things that exist in Half-Life 2 and then took stuff like uh, like objects and textures and did that to make sort of like a rough draft. And that's, yeah. kind of, that's how it existed. Unlike, for example, the Stanley Parable is a mod of Half-Life 2 because that's how it started. Yeah. And it still runs in the Source Engine, but that's how it started because it started as a, like a standalone mod that you could still download and, and place into Half-Life 2 and still play. But Portal was not like that. Yeah. So that's the difference. All right. Um, hashtag now you know. <laughs> Unique setting. I don't roll your. They can't hear you, Ben. He's rolling his eyes at me. Um, <laughs> the unique setting. Um, I really love the setting. I feel like something that you see a lot, and as you can see from my various posters on my wall here, is that a big something that they do a lot in video games, especially at that point, was Space Marine kills bad aliens. That yeah. was so overdone at that point. When, well, for example, Doom was like the first like big one to do that, and everybody was like, this is such an awesome concept, and then a couple other games did it, and then it was fine. Even Half-Life did it, and Half-Life did it really well because it was kind of even its own spin on it, but at that point, bad guy with power armor kills evil aliens. It was so like boring. People were like, we've had enough of this, um, and Valve wanted to make something unique, something with its own world, its own rules that didn't rely on anything else and didn't kind of have any expectations towards it and so this idea of a testing facility which now has become so iconic and any like it, 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 portal has become like a root a base for so many other things yeah. we'll go into that in a bit but it's this this sort of clinical setting the the fact that it has like you know we'll, we'll go into the next uh point as i talk right now this the the themes of like robotics and uh it was a, a lot of it was like you know the uh, I guess just like the, the robotics, AI, um, and just, well, yeah, I'm losing my train of thought. I thought it was really interesting. Um, what's something about the setting that you like, that you found interesting? What's, like, yeah, what's something that you found interesting about it? Like, I feel like, 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 like the blank walls, like the plain walls with, like, the stains on them, and just, like, like the light. Oh, yeah. And as most of the, um, like, like the observation rooms. That are placed throughout the chambers, I think that really makes it like a oh, you're very so like right. strange, like like kind of freaky um, testing it's facility. It's kind of scary. It's not like terrifying, but it's unnerving. <gasps> oh, we're fine. Um, it's it's yeah. unnerving, right? Because um, like Half Life right. Two was like it was like a bit calmer because I guess you had like Wheatley and also like the lighting. It was not. It was like I don't know. Like, what um, I'm thinking is, like, I remember uh, when I first played, like, Portal, like, not first played, when I played at Portal recently the last time, which I think was, like, the first time I played it in a while, I remember seeing, like, the observation rooms, so each test chamber has, like, rooms kind of up and off to the side, where supposedly the people were, like, scientists were, and the observers were watching you test so they could collect the data and maybe improve the product, which would be the testing, uh, the, uh, not the testing gun. The Aperture Science the, Handheld Portal Device. Yeah, AshPod. <laughs> that's a reference to something else, but that's what I, I watched a YouTube video where they call it the AshPod. Okay. But the, the, the Portal Gun, which is kind of the, the more common name for it. Uh, and so I suppose they're, they're supposedly supposed, like, supposed to be watching you. But I remember 
like managing to look in there and also even using hashtag cheats to, I shouldn't say that, but using cheats to kind of sneak in there and see what was going on. It was just, it was just an empty room with a clock and a, and a screen and a chair. And then I realized that all of them were like that. And like, yeah. I knew how the game, like I knew the ending. I knew that the, the, the fun twist, right? Um, and I'm sure you did too. You knew what the twist was for the first game. Don't say it, but you know what the twist was. When I first played it? Yeah. Not entirely. You didn't know what the twist was? What the... Well, I mean... But no. you heard. Like, you didn't know, really? Did you know. went into it completely blind? You didn't know? Okay. I think I These did. These are I just sportal, really spoiler, spoilers, by the way. Spoilers for Portal for Port of the Portal series. You didn't know GLaDOS was um, an artificial intelligence? No, I knew that. Exactly. But that was... See, the thing is, when that game first came out, that was... Noble, nobody knew she was an artificial intelligence. Everybody thought that she was just a voice. Just an automated voice that was just speaking with pre-recorded lines. That's what they thought she was. And so that twist was insane the first time. Like, like, um, like my first experience was just like, like the first part of Portal 2. Mm-hmm. That was the first, that's the first thing I ever learned about it. And then, like way later down the line... Uh, I played Portal 1, and I was like, okay. Like, I already, like, just based off the voice, I, I thought this was like a robot. That's fair. I'm just thinking of it, and I remember seeing that people completely didn't, like, did not expect GLaDOS to be the way she was, like, to be artificial intelligence, to be, first of all, like, you know, kind of cruel in the way she was, and that... Like, getting to experience it for the first time was something that you can no longer do because of how, like, how, how, like, spoiled so many aspects of the game have been for, like, everybody. And how people who haven't even played the game know how, what it's about and even how it ends, right? Um, now they're going to the themes because I thought that was really interesting is, uh, these are more towards Portal 2 because Portal 1, I don't think, does Portal 1 even have any, like, themes, like, story themes? Not really. It's just, it's just puzzle solving and then you get to the end and you're done yeah you get to the end and you you have the boss fight it's fun but this is mostly for portal 2 mostly by the way did you know mostly it has an r in it but this is mostly for portal 2 but listen we talked about the like you said they wouldn't even corporate corruption listen listen like i really liked the, these themes of like um because throughout the game, you get like audio bits and narrating from the former head of the company of Aperture Science, Cave Johnson, who was a greedy and cruel man who uh, died of moon rock poisoning, which is what like the walls are made of, aren't they? All those white clean walls. I think so. I, rem- I remember seeing that in a video, in a promotional video. And I really liked that it was just like, that, that he was so obsessed with, with greed and with money that he started doing some very unethical things, like taking like homeless people off the streets and doing ridiculously unethical sciences on them. He just like didn't have any money to use. Yeah, because his products were not good. And that's the thing is he was so obsessed. Like he, he did really well and that that was like the height of aperture science. And then he started like... First, like the the public and like the Senate and like the government started realizing what like te- kind of testing they were doing and how they were using t- human test subjects and doing some pretty unethical things and like they were like were, what happened to the astronauts? I remember seeing something about that, but I can't remember what happened to the astronauts. Um, no comment. Oh my goodness! 
I'm scared. <laughs> Hello? Um, but astronauts went missing and the Senate, uh, like the United States Senate started like looking into like what was going on at Aperture Science and like what kind of straight up human rights violations were going on. Yeah. And, but, you know, Cave Johnson, who was just obsessed with money and control, wanted to control everything. And, and he even, uh, you know, spoilers at this point, this is all spoilers, but he even, want, like his dying wish after he got sick was to have his, like, assistant Carolyn. Is it Carolyn or Caroline? Carolyn. It's, I've never heard Carolyn, but... Like, I've heard people say Carolyn, but I didn't realize her name was Carolyn. But his assistant, Carolyn, to have her be made into an artificial intelligence so she could take over for him once he died. But she was, like, she was a healthy adult. I don't know why he straight up was like, I want this to happen. But then he did. Because he was so obsessed with having things be exactly the way he wanted them to. It's because, like, um, like, they were, they were originally going to put, uh, Cave Johnson's mind in the, um, in the computer. But... They, they couldn't in time, so it was like, okay, if I can't, then she's going in. Yeah, oh, but then, like, you know, that's messed up, taking a person and making them into kind of an eternally suffering, eternally living computer. And, uh... Yeah, like, she had no say in the matter. She had no control over it, and that kind of leads me into both the kind of artificial intelligence and the hashtag feminism, like, point, where I remember seeing somebody make a point, I was listening to a, a video, where somebody made a point that... Portal had pretty feminist, like, uh, themes, regardless of if it was intentionally made that way. But the whole idea of, um, of Carolyn kind of being, I guess, it, like, you could say in an abusive relationship with Cave, with, with Mr. Johnson, um, because she was kind of always trying to help him, always being kind of this doting woman, doing kind of her role as, like, an assistant, um, and then because of how messed up everything that happened to her was, she was kind of like forced to change and made into this cruel, like emotionless monster that was just, you know, that, that was just, that was cruel. She was cruel and she was mean to Chell and to Wheatley and to every other thing. And she was not kind. And she changed and she she became kind of a bad person or a bad, I guess, living being. Why she, would she, I guess, I will argue if she's living in a bit, right? But, you know, she suffered the consequences of an abusive relationship of being stuck in the role of, like, typically a woman and then kind of freeing herself from that eventually because she does kind of become free eventually. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. I've also hear, heard people make some points of, like, the whole thing about Chell not being both neither the, the sexy woman or the, like, hashtag strong feminist woman stereotype but her being like self-sufficient and unique in a way that was really interesting to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing that I really like, that is my personal favorite, is the like artificial intelligence and how in a lot of the game it's a lot of like there like nearly everything is like in- intelligent or sapient or some in somehow like some way alive. Like the radio, um, so there there are these kind of like beams of like energy that like biological matter can go through so you you can walk through it but if you try to bring any sort of uh maybe um like a a cube or a a turret or the radio they'll disintegrate the aperture science imagine emancipation grill yes thank you grill grill that's so so funny to me it's like it's gonna cook it yeah it's like it is a it's just like like an energy field it is an energy field but i like it um 
but essentially I like you, you bring a lot of things you can bring if the radio will scream sometimes if you bring it through the emancipation field and it'll just like destroy it it'll yell and like there are many points same with the turrets same with the turrets and like like even Wheatley at some point brings up that all of these like kind of robots can feel pain but not be, like because they were programmed to and he's not sure why they were but they were just programmed to feel pain because they could because Cave Johnson was a, a fundamentally messed up man who who wanted to inflict pain onto others but anyways I always thought that was really interesting this whole idea of like is every little thing alive how much how much is alive how sentient are they and whether like you know what what the value of that is right like is Carolyn still alive if she lives in like if she lives on through GLaDOS is is she still the same woman even if she kind of you know spoilers got rid of her uh, I thought that was really interesting yeah like 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 Carolyn is still in GLaDOS the whole time um so yeah I think like that's like Carolyn is kind of like affecting her decisions like during Portal 2 Portal 1 I don't think they I don't think they had developed like the whole character of Carolyn yet so and like like you can tell like in Portal 2 she definitely is like a lot she's de- she's definitely changed since Portal 1 yeah she becomes a little bit more I guess alive right yeah and she's a lot more sympathetic towards you as the player she's still not very kind or nice but she's definitely not as, as cool as she was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things like Wheatley, who was completely artificial intelligence, he is not uh, the way GLaDOS is. He, you know, tries to help the player, but eventually his own greed gets the better of him, and he, He's you know... literally just corrupted. He literally gets corrupted. He gets Yeah, he gets literally gets corrupted, and he takes GLaDOS's place, and then he tries to kill you, the player. And it's like, why, like, why would you program a computer to be able to feel, like... You know that kind of desire for power like not gonna lie it's kind of silly and it's like you know it kind of makes you think like what was aperture science doing like how what levels of technology were they developing and it was crazy but um oh on top of that i remember seeing in the the lab rat comic there's like so, so this is a comic that uh that valve made it's like and in between between uh, Portal 1 and yeah. 2. Kind of like the, to close the bridge to show what happened to a character named Doug Ratman whose writings you can see on the wall in Portal 1. That's kind of like he's he's he was one of the few people that stayed alive when GLaDOS flooded the facility with neurotoxin. And he was he already had schizophrenia. Um, he, was pre, he was diagnosed with it before. But because he was kind of trapped in this facility and he didn't have any medication, he kind of went crazy. And so he started writing on these walls and kind of trying to help Chell from afar. But there was one flashback where you, he's talking to somebody like before this, like the right before they're about to boot up GLaDOS, he's like talking to somebody and on the corner, like in the wall, you can see an HGV suit charger yeah. and a gravity gun. But then also, listen, so there's that, right? And then in Black Mesa, which is a game kind of made as a remake of Half-Life 1 in, in the newer Source engine. So instead of being blocky 1998 graphics, it's, you know, nice, like, recent graphics with, I like, think full characters. It's, like, it's based off the CSGO. I think so. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a, you know, fairly detailed game. But then there's a scene in this, there's, like, a part in Half-Life and, and, and in Black Mesa where you're fighting these, like, black ops like female black ops agents that kind of look like ninjas with their all black suits but you know you don't see it because they're moving too quickly but if you kill them and you look at their bodies you can see on their feet they have long fall boots oh and so it really makes you think who stole what 
like you know information from who and it's i'm pretty sure because even even cave johnson talks about it black mesa stole a bunch of technology from aperture science the long fall boots uh likely the gravity gun likely um the the, 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 probably the hev suit uh and it's like i thought that was always funny the way they tied in those two um facilities and those two stories together and they have to have a shared history because in their games they have nothing uh similar but in their kind of uh, in their history, they have all they they kind of intertwine a lot, and it was kind of a rivalry between those two companies. And I I always thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, like, um, I think like like Black Mesa stole stuff from Aperture. I think so. I think that's the way it worked out. And so, like, that's why, because the, all that stuff was like that was like successful stuff, mm. and. And then so Black Mesa, they, they stole that, they did it again, and then so they showed that to the government, and so they get government funding while Aperture doesn't, even though Aperture did all the hard work. Yeah, Black Mesa was like mostly a government operation. It had a lot of government funding, and they were kind of very, very closely intertwined with the United States military, compared to Black, not Black Mesa, compared to Aperture, who was pretty independent, but... um. You know, but it's also, it's, it's, it's very funny. There's a lot of, um, you know, we'll move into this, into pop culture. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, yeah, we'll go, we'll go on to the first, we're on that first, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, supplemental material that both Valve and other people have made that has kind of both been either accepted as canon or it's told to be canon by Valve themselves. And uh, that's, uh, I forgot what my, my original point here was. That's a lot of other things. And, okay, we'll talk about this stuff first, and then we'll go on to speedrunning. Or do you want to do speed? Okay, we'll talk about speedrunning, and then we'll talk about the rest. So, what is speedrunning, Kudir? I'll let you take the stage here. Speedrunning. Just trying to complete a task as fast as possible. And portal speedrunning specifically, because of the physics and the portal gun, make it incredibly fun to speedrun. Like, there's there's plenty of different tricks you can do where, like, especially in the category where you can do glitches, um, you can, like, clip into the walls with the portal gun. Just, you have to click really fast and do something. And then you can, like, complete the game in, like, six minutes. Or, like, even without glitches, you you can just, like, just, just keep, like, jumping and gaining speed really fast. What's that called? What's what called? When you jump and you gain speed. Well, that's just like hopping between portals. But isn't that called de-hopping? No, that's something else. <gighs> I'm not a pro it's in something, this. It's like back, backwards acceleration where... Like a backwards long jump in Mario? Kind of, yeah, actually. So you bind the, you bind the jump to both directions of the scroll wheel. And then so you you press like your backwards key. Then you jump and then crouch and then you just keep spamming jump with the scroll wheel and you go like crazy fast. And so that's used in the in the glitches category. That's so I always think it's very interesting. I'm not like I can't sit through a speed run because even though they're supposed to be fast, I cannot bring myself to just sit and watch them. I I can't. But you're always really interested in that. And I think it's really so cool. Like in general, speed running, not just with this game, but um I think this is one of the more popular games. I don't know if it's one of the more popular games people speed run. But I do know it has a big speedrunning community. Yeah. But um, I just think speedrunning is very interesting because it's literally people 
play a game and they're like you know what i want to see how, like all the quirks and all the differences in this like little things in this game that i'm going to use and manipulate to beat this game as fast as humanly possible and like how long does portal one take to beat normally um like if you're just a normal person and not an crazy person who speed runs i'd say about an hour really is that short yeah it's not it's not a very long game listener I am not a smart person. I have not beat Portal 1 all the way through yet. Um, I probably have a lot of hours on that game just because I'm like, oh, it's so hard. I never beat it. Anyways, but a game takes, I'm going to say two hours just because not everybody's as smart as you. Um, if you know the solutions to the puzzles, I guess it's like, it'll take you an hour. Like, if you like vaguely remember them, it'll take you an hour. No, but if you don't if know. Your first play, if, if it's your first playthrough, I'd say, yeah, maybe like two hours, an hour and a half. Like so, it takes like two hours to beat it, and people beat it in six minutes through through sometimes like you know hacking and cheating and glitches. And hacking and cheating. I'm using vague vocabulary here through glitches and through techniques that no sane person would ever think of, but they manage to think of, and, and it's they, they like just keep perfecting those techniques to go. Like, just one millisecond faster just to beat the competition, right? Yeah, they're, like, they're so precise about it that it comes down to milliseconds and, like, precise hand movements. And it's just, yeah. like, it's it's a crazy sort of control people have. And I think it's terrifying, but it's awesome. Yeah, like, um, not a few months ago, I got my record in Portal. It was 24 minutes. Without any glitches? Glitchless, yeah. That's good, I think. Yeah, and so there was this specific thing that I remember in um, Chamber 7. Where you, portal Portal 1? Portal 1, yeah. Where you place a portal on the ground because there's a, like like the, the exit platform is like raised. Mm -hmm. You place a portal onto the ground and then you place one on the ceiling like right above that portal and then so you jump from 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 a staircase that's like where the entrance is into the into like the let's just say it's a yellow portal that's on the ground and the blue one that's on the ceiling is it yellow or orange it's orange whatever it is it's orange okay <laughs> Cash orange, controversial. orange on the ground blue on the ceiling so you jump into the orange one and while you're falling down through the blue one you place you place one on the wall opposite of you place the blue one on the wall opposite of the exit and then so when you go through the orange portal again you just fly across and then you 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 arrive at the exit and that's a speedrunning technique or is that just like no that's a speedrunning technique the um, but how were you supposed to complete it then um redirect like an an energy ball Oh, so you just completely ignore the way it's supposed to be done and you do it a completely different way. Yeah. It's a lot of creativity and a lot of like technical knowledge and as well as like knowledge of the source engine itself. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of things were might have might be taken from maybe like the Half Life Two like engine and like the way Half Life Two glitches or Half Life Two techniques. Yeah. That it people is. were like, can, Oh, we're gonna you can do this. backwards acceleration in Half Life Two. I've seen it, but like, do you just do it normally, or is it just? It's the same thing. I've seen people like videos it's the of Half-Life Two. I've seen videos of Half-Life Two speedrunning, and people go flying. We'll be right back. And we're back. Sorry for the brief interruption. Uh, do you remember what we were talking about? 
No. Well, I think we're speed finishing running. up speedrunning, but uh, we'll, we'll go on to uh, other pop culture effects. Did you ever, did you, have you, had you heard of the phrase, the cake is a lie? Yeah. 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 You, the viewer, might have even heard of it. It's a, a very iconic reference from the first Portal game. And I had heard that ages before I even played the games. Years, years, years before I played the games. I was probably, well, yeah, I was probably a little younger than you. Maybe in elementary school. Because those games are much older, not older than I am, but I was still a kid when they came out. And so everything from like the portal gun, the compa- the companion cubes were very, very uh, popular imagery when Portal 2 came out, which was in 2012. And um, Just like even Portal 1. Even Portal 1, but like th- that kind of boosted it. And I remember seeing Portal stuff everywhere during that time. All the, it was kind of, it was all over the internet. That was, it was that's a, a big way it was spread. But the cake is a lie was something that kind of became very common, like a very common saying, and it was uh, kind of done to death. But essentially the meaning of it, if you say it out of context, is kind of like, just kind of, I guess it's just supposed to be like, whatever's prominent, like a false a false promise, essentially, is what yeah. it's supposed to be. Like, oh, you know, like this and that, but the cake is a lie. It's like, oh, like, oh they promised me to do this, but it's not true, you know? Um, there's also, many people have made modifications or mods and, or, uh, other fan games and things from, uh, because of Portal and Portal 2, like, uh, Portal Tag, which was using, uh, two, mecha- like a mechanic from Portal 2, which is the propulsion gel and the, what other one was it called? Uh, propulsion gel and, I don't know, but it's the one that makes you It's jump. like acceleration gel. Yeah. No, I think propulsion and acceleration are the same word. Um, but essentially, there were these two like orange and blue gels, one that would make you uh, gain speed and one that would make you uh, that would bounce you really high. And so it was kind of a lot more about the the physical like kind of parkour almost aspect of of this game, and it didn't have it, it didn't use any portals. So it's kind of a, a portal game without portals, right? Yeah. And it wasn't like super well received, but you know people still played it. There was also Portal Stories Mel. Which was actually based off of um, it was actually based off of uh, the original like beta design, the beta idea for Portal Two, which was actually using a character named Mel. But people were upset. They were like, "Oh, you know," they were upset that Glados didn't recognize you. They wanted you to. They wanted her to know who you were, and so they changed that. Um, and that that takes. I remember what what do you remember what happens in Portal Stories, Mel? I have not played it. You have not played. Upsetting. Um, that I have you. Well, I, I was reading about it, and from what I understood, it's essentially like you are a test subject named Mel from all the way back in the fifties. You're an Olympian, I think. I think yeah, you're, I think you're like a running Olympian, like a, a like a, a distance runner. And so, the thing is that Aperture Science had like a program where they took Olympians and astronauts and people of very high like physical quality, and then use them as test subjects to kind of put them through rigorous testing, both for them and for their products. But you were kind of put into like stasis, like into like a sleep, and then you were kind of stuck there. And then I think people just like forgot about you, from what I understood. Yeah. And then you just like wake up one day. Yeah, you wake up before Portal Two happens, and then as you're escaping with the help of a, a like a personality core similar to Wheatley, named that is Virgil. I can't remember his name. Um, a personality core named Virgil. He helps you escape the facility. Um, but when you skip the facility, you wake up a program 
that the, your, or you're an active program that wakes up GLaDOS so that Mel is kind of the catalyst for uh, Portal 2, right? So, what? Um, in, in Portal 2, Wheatley and, and Chell, they wake up uh, GLaDOS. Like, like, they're like trying to look for like, like an escape switch or something. I don't know. Something like that. An escape pod, I think. Yeah, escape pod. And then so they accidentally flick on like a ton of switches while looking for it. Because mm-hmm. they like raise a platform which turns them on. And so that's what turns them GLaDOS. I don't remember exactly the details of Portal Stories Mel, but it was like it, it was like there was like a there's like a a thing called Aegis, which I can't remember what it stands for, but essentially it's like a defense system for aperture science, and that's what's chasing Mel around trying to get her. Um, but she escapes, but Aegis essentially like alerts like GLaDOS or like begins to prepare GLaDOS to like come back. And like, I guess, I, I remember hearing that like Aegis did something with GLaDOS to kind of help her come back and that kind of set in motion. the Or even Aegis activated Wheatley or something like that, you know, like Aegis was kind of the thing that started activating um, uh, the Aperture Science Facility. Um, there's also something called like Mario, but the O is spelled with the Mario uh, Zero. Mari Zero. Would not, is that the way they call it? Yep. That's ridiculous. But essentially, it's like the first, like Super Mario Bros., but like the first game with a portal gun. Yeah. And I thought you hadn't heard of it. I was excited to tell you. But... No, I've, I've seen like like plenty of videos on it. <laughs> I have not, but I was like, oh, I'm so excited to tell them about this because hashtag Mario fan over here. Um, Mario enjoyer. But yeah, that was something that I thought was really interesting that I do remember seeing a while ago. Well, it was made, which was ages ago. And then there's also it's been in there's there are so many games. May of this year. No, what are you talking about? You said you saw it in May. No, I don't. Oh, I I must have misspoke. I said I saw it ages ago. Okay. Um, but there there are so many games and movies and books and anything with references to Portal to maybe the story to the characters to the mechanics to the weapons to anything they have there's so there are so many things that sneak those in and it's uh, I think even uh, Half Life Two has like Portal rep I think the Half Life Two episodes have Portal Half Life Two episode two has a reference to, to Aperture Science with the Borealis. Yeah, because they were originally supposed to link at the very end, like those two, I, those two stories were supposed to link, but they kind of never came to, right? Um, I'm pretty sure Half Life, either Half Life Two or Half Life Two Episode Two, either one of those, or maybe even Episode One, one of them was supposed to start on the Borealis. Oh, I think that was Episode Three. Yeah, no, Episode Three. Actually. But that never yeah. came to be, unfortunately. But no, but there's even stuff like there's a there's graffiti of a turret, and I think there's even graffiti of. Uh, companion cube but i think those might have been added later or or they were in later games so it kind of made sense for them to be there but yeah no it's just like they were um any like there's so many everybody knows portal uh, oh there's also a, a short film that came out in 2011 uh called i think portal no escape or something like that and it was pretty good and then uh they're also planning to make a portal movie written by jj abrams but it's still in the writing phase, and Valve confirmed that they're still writing it, but I seriously doubt it's ever going to come out or be good, as we've talked previously in the podcast, not with you, unfortunately, that video game movies are never good. What other movie that we saw recently had the portal uh, gun in it? Free Guy. Yeah, that was all kind of... That, that, was, that was a good movie. It did not use a portal gun accurately, but 
It was still fun to see it. It also had a, a, a fizz gun from Gary's Mod reference in it. And I thought that was really interesting. So any final words before we close off? Um, no. No? no. Nothing? No. Okay. Why? Okay. Quick answer this in, in a, couple, a couple short sentences. Why is Portal your favorite video game? Um, just like, like how much freedom you have like to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, like with the portal gun, you can get really high. Um, you can just like move around places quickly. How fast? Like, like if you're like really good at speedrunning, if you gotten really good at that, like how fast you can beat levels. Mm-hmm. Cause you're just going through it really quickly. It's being precise. It's being like fast. You like yeah. the the calculated preciseness of it. Yeah. Well, that's a very interesting take on it. So, thank you for coming to my podcast, Kadir. It was uh, very nice having you. Um, you're just right next door because this is literally our house. But uh, this was a podcast. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. You wanna say bye? No. Okay. Goodbye. See ya.